Promo Kitchen is a nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. This edition of the PK Podcast was supported by Sanmar. Sanmar believes in the power of promotional products. Since 1971, this family-owned apparel supplier has been dedicated to passionately serving customers through trusted brands like Port Authority, Nike Golf, OGO, District, District Made, and Sport Tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. If you are a new listener, the PK Podcast is a community-inspired conversation featuring guest suppliers, distributors, and service providers discussing insights into the $20 billion promotional products business. My name is Mark Graham, CEO of Right Sleeve and Common Skew, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Danny Rosen, president of BrandFuel. We have a very special episode planned for today as we speak to one of the most influential people on the internet who happens to manage one of the most popular and I would say coolest websites of all time, Eric Martin of Reddit. Our goal today is to explore how to engage an online audience with compelling content, how to create a thriving community of fans, and what it takes to manage a young and distributed workforce. Described as the front page of the internet, Eric Martin joined Reddit in 2008 as their general manager. Since then, Reddit has blossomed into a community of communities with more than five and a half billion page views a month. Named by Time Magazine as one of the 100 most influential people in the world, Eric is also an outspoken supporter of protecting internet freedom and innovation. Before his internet addiction fully took hold, Eric worked as a documentary filmmaker and was a videographer for an improv at Everywhere. Eric is also an alum of the promotional products industry as he worked in the marketing department at Brand Fuel Promotions in Raleigh, North Carolina. A little shout out to Danny Rosen there. And originally from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Eric graduated from Tulane University and currently lives in Brooklyn. Welcome, Eric. Hey, you guys. Uh, really excited to be here. I like that intro, Mark. Uh, did you say Chapel Hell, or is that a? <laughs> you know, I, I I might need to re-record that, but uh, I mean, maybe some people would view it as Chapel Hell. No, you know, for basketball fans or detractors, some, some Duke Duke fans maybe. But I think Eric, you want to head up to Canada and, and rub a little Carolina blue in his eyeballs? Always, always. You know, blame it on the Canadian accent. That that's how we just you know we call it Hell as opposed to Hill up here. That was beautiful. Well, I, I am uh, outside of the Chapel Hill mention. Um, lots of bleeps there, I'm sure, going on iTunes. But uh, I am excited to talk to you, Eric, and, and pull you into our world yet again a decade or so later. And as Mark and I were prepping for this thing, I was recalling a story that I wanted you to talk about as it relates to the promotional products industry. When you were a part of our organization and our marketing department, you were coming up with some ideas that I felt like were very advanced and things that are, are in play now to some extent. And I'm not talking about, by the way, the 24-hour Iron Man scavenger hunt where you had me dump a uh, mudslide from Applebee's on top of my head for points. I think you recall that. Not only do I recall, I, I still have the photo somewhere. So. <laughs> awesome. Uh, there's so many, so, so many stories we could share. Most, most would get censored. But I want you to talk a little bit about your business plan for something called Noodle and Spark. And so let's go back to 1999, where you're working in our marketing department, and you're with some guy named Nils, I can't remember his last name, but talk to us about what your idea was back then for the promotional products industry, and the technology connected to promotional products, and how we could try and actually measure results of promotional product effectiveness. 
Yeah. So um, yeah, back in back in '99, I, I you know kind of came up with this or came up with this idea together with Nils Olson. Dr. Nils Olson now, who is teaching organizational behavior and extreme decision-making at George Washington University's business school. But Nils and I you know, kind of had this idea that, you know, sort of, there's kind of twofold. One, the premise that, especially with everyone being connected by this new thing called the Internet in 1999, that sort of market research was going to change. You know, the, the sort of some of the, the, the survey methodologies and some of the questions people were asking, especially as it related to brands campaigns and, and just general advertising was going to change and that the sort of more, I guess you would call it ethnographic or the, the sort of user-created and user-defined attributes and sort of feedback based on brands was more relevant than sort of, you know, surveys coming from the perspective of the brand itself. So that was one insight that we, we wanted to figure out a way to tap into, which is, you know, what do people, users, the audience, what do they think of a brand just independently, and and the idea was to involve them in the creative process, and to involve them in in sort of coming up with with marketing campaigns, and, and coming up with where the brand should go in the future. And so that was kind of the basic premise, and then and then sort of the the mechanism for that was basically getting people once they receive a you know promotional frisbee or promotional product or whatever the thing is to come back to you know some sort of forum online where they can kind of talk about talk about the brands. You would, you would hopefully get um, a lot of insight and a lot of activity, but also you would have a, you know, hopefully somewhat measurable way to track who actually is getting their hands on that frisbee or that coffee mug and, you know, uh, starting a relationship where they're involved now in the marketing process. So, yeah, that was, that was the, uh, that was the noodle and spark. That was the, that was the, uh, concept. It's interesting hearing you say that, Eric, and of course, knowing you, Danny, for several years and that, if you think about that now in 2014, you know, you think of the conversation we've had about QR codes on promotional products that would allow you to go and, and snap a picture of that QR code and then it would bring you to a, a page where you could engage with the with the brand at a deeper level or just even thinking more broadly about the power of social media, whether it's Reddit or whether Facebook or Twitter, where now that idea that you guys had formed in you know, almost a decade and a half ago is now commonplace on social. So you guys were like... You know, ten years ahead of your time. It's really interesting. Yeah, why didn't we? Uh, why didn't we pull the trigger on that? It was just. I think Ro- I remember Robert, my business partner, and I were trying to get you guys. I think to have uh, maybe it was an initial angel investor or to yep. actually you know, create that. And that, I guess that never happened. And then you went on to to your stardom with Reddit, which is an iteration of that in many ways. So congratulations to you there. Thank you. I mean, I, I think one of the one of the good reasons why you guys didn't pull the trigger is we didn't know what the heck we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I still think, you know, in general, I mean, both, both at Reddit specifically and, and just kind of in general, this, whether it's marketing or other things, I mean, we're just at the beginning of what, you know, what having these uh, online communities and, and, and having everyone connected, what that means. And, and especially, I think, we're just at the beginning of what it means to have companies, brands, campaigns connected to the audience. I mean, I think people, especially sort of the younger generation, are extremely interested in the process. They want to be a part of something. They want to know. I mean, it, it read it later this year. We're opening up, basically opening up our books to the community and telling everyone exactly how much money we're making through advertising. Hmm. 
And that's that's really scary, but it's something that I, our audience is interested in, not just you know for transparency's sake and, and, and all of that, but because they you know they're curious about the about the business and, and you know they have opinions on, on what we should do or what we shouldn't do. And I think that's that's true across the board. And as you have people connected to to brands, especially connected to brands that are able to have a really big impact, but are relatively speaking compared to you know a few decades ago that, that have a huge impact, but are a pretty small lean team you're going to have the audience and, and the users and the customers involved more and more in figuring out the direction of that company and the products and the marketing and what's important. And, and so how that all works together, I mean, we are just at the beginning of all that. There's obviously a lot of incredible stuff that Reddit has done with its, its many, many communities. I think many businesses versus individuals dismiss Reddit a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of negativity towards brands. There's a lot of fun being poked at, I would say. Some businesses see that being more damaging than good. It, mm-hmm. How can, and, and in particular, like a company in our industry, a promotional products company, I mean, we hear trinkets and trash. You know, we hear tchotchkes. It, it, it demeans a lot of um, what we do, and, and there's actually some truth in the trinkets and trash, that there's a, a part of our industry that's that. There's some crap in our industry, and how people go about selling it and getting it to market, not done with the right thought, but there's a lot of great stuff, too, and, and so I think, if, if I, as a business owner, how would you recommend that a brand fuel or a right sleeve would leverage Reddit properly? I think there's this, this meme or this suspicion that, or, or you know, this idea that, that in general Reddit is sort of anti-marketing. And I think there's definitely some truth in that, but I think it's more that our audience in, in general is sort of anti-traditional marketing. They're anti-big sort of mass media campaigns. But you'll find they're, they're very much, you know, interested and supportive of, you know, sort of companies that serve a niche audience or companies that are, you know, starting up and companies that are able to sort of be more more open and more candid, whether they're, they're big or small. So, for example, today I was just looking at an advertiser. We have a section called Keto or Keto. It's one of these new sort of lifestyle diets where you, you eat high-fat, low-carb. Anyway, so we have a big community for it. And Entrepreneur had started a business making, you know, sort of power bars that are geared towards this type of diet and, and lifestyle. And, and they ran some, you know, paid advertisements that, that those are hugely popular. Um, and they were answering a lot of questions, you know, just kind of putting themselves out there. And we see the same thing even with big companies. We have an advertiser called Coastal.com, which is a Canadian. They sell contact lenses and eyeglasses um, around the world. And so they, they may have a, a, a headline, an ad that gets 1,600 comments. So I think that the lesson in general is whether it's whether it's in the you know sort of paid ad space or whether it's just something that sort of happens organically. The, the key is to respond. People are asking questions about your brand, even if some of those questions are a little bit uncomfortable. That's a huge, huge opportunity. So, for example, the contact lens company. And I'm paraphrasing here. I'm, I'm sort of summarizing here. But someone asked a question, you know, why don't you ship to the Czech Republic? That makes me really angry. And so they responded, well, you know, we'd love to be able to serve the Czech Republic, but they kind of went into the logistics about shipping and why it just wasn't reliable for them at that time to ship to the Czech Republic. You know, I'm sure that person was still bummed out, but but everyone else got to see that conversation. They got to see, wow, they, you know, this company really thinks a lot about how their products get to someone's front door um, and, and wants that to be a reliable and full experience. And, if they don't have a good way to do that, they're just not going to be in that market. So I think even people who had no interest in ordering, you know, contact lenses with Czech Republic saw that that was, you know, a very thoughtful response, and, and that, you know, created a lot more trust in, in that brand and the people responding. I think that's really great. So it's like, you know, let it out there, see what they say, learn from it, respond to it, 
have those conversations that we all want to have. Um, try and understand your, your brand a little better. Maybe you get some raw information that uh, your wife or your business partner might not tell you about, which I think is good. I'll tell you how I use Reddit, and I'm curious. I want to ask you, Mark, when you think about Reddit, how you would use it as well as a business owner. Maybe some of these listeners will take advantage. I use it for inspiration. I like to see what's trending in specific communities as well as just on that landing page it helps me understand what we may be heading towards in our industry, but also some of the clever things that we do in social media inspire me constantly to remind me that this is an area where people want to go where you find something unique and funny and interesting and courageous. And so I get a lot from that. And so, Mark, I want to ask you what, how you might use Reddit for your two companies and also mention that I would assume it would drive lots of traffic and, and boost CPMs for any brand, good, bad, or indifferent, as they start to have that conversation. Yeah, I was having a conversation about Pinterest the other day with someone. So my answer about Reddit is a little similar to how it is that we use Pinterest today in that it is probably they're among the best platforms for learning about what's cool, what's interesting, what's trending, particularly on the retail space and the consumer space, which is something that I always pay a lot of attention to. And even though we're in a B2B business, if you can put your finger on the pulse of what the consumer is talking about and thinking from a trend perspective, then you're on to something really interesting because that means that you can then translate that and bring it to your business customers, which of course is where the volume is, at least in our business. I have not been as active a contributor on a platform like Reddit as much as I've been a lurker. Whereas if I look at something like Twitter and Facebook, uh, those are platforms where I'll lurk and contribute on almost on an equal basis. So, so far, I really enjoy, you know, finding out about like cool new videos or photos or trends. I think that there's nothing better on the internet than a platform like Reddit for it. I also, I admire, and this is kind of a side point, that I admire how Reddit from a design perspective and usability perspective hasn't really changed since it was launched, you know, back in 2004, 2005. When I look at it, I kind of see like Craigslist and, and um, I really admire that how the content can still be so amazing, yet the design is still so basic. So that's how I use it. Eric, as you hear our responses does that mesh with how you see businesses using Reddit or do you, do you shake your head and go, oh my God, you guys are totally missing the point? Or what are your recommendations in terms of how people would use Reddit relative to the other big social platforms like Pinterest, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter? Sure. No, no. I mean, what, what, what you guys say makes, makes total sense and, and, and sounds very reasonable. The, the things I would add is that one, I mean, as you guys, as you sort of pointed out through your experience, unlike a lot of the other, or most of the other sort of social networks or, or whatever community platform tools, is designed not for, you know, the individual to promote their stuff, whatever yeah. that is, their yeah. opinions, their favorite sports teams, whatever their products, its primary focus is on the user, the, the participant in the community. So we're not designed to be optimized for publishers. We're not designed to be optimized for brands. We're not designed to be optimized even for individuals, however brilliant or, or uh, you know, influential they may be. We're, we're optimized for communities yep. and, and sort of self-organized communities. And I think that's the only thing I, I, I would add. You know, as Reddit has grown, we now have something like 500 subreddits created every single day. So there's all these sort of self-organizing communities that are popping up and some are catching on and some aren't. 
it's a chance to see what do people want to talk about, what what are the new trends that communities are forming around. So something like Keto, the subreddit based on this new diet, that's something that you're probably going to see become more mainstream in the next year or two. And you're going to see cookbooks and mentioned on shows and whatever. But you know, right now, the subreddits are you know, kind of the best home for people who are interested in that topic. And, and other publishers, other companies, other sort of media entities haven't had time yet to sort of incorporate those. So when something really starts to emerge um, online, often Reddit is, is a, a place where sort of that community can grow with that trend. You know, Reddit, you know, a couple years ago, you know, paleo diet was very popular, and now there's tons of different sites and you know, online magazines and cookbooks and whatever, but um, you know, at the time, it was still pretty new. So I think that's, that's something to keep an eye on, too, is what communities are, are sort of created and you know, really have a life of their own, um, because those are going to be the, the communities that sort of are making it into the mainstream and sort of becoming established with all the infrastructure around it um, yeah. you know, in the next year or two. As I'm scrolling through the site right now, one of the things that we we as an industry sell a ton of are USB drives. And so for people that are listening to this that are not as familiar with Reddit or why it is that they would use the platform, a quick search of what people are talking about with regard to USB drives brings me up to this really cool Game of Thrones custom USB drive program that someone's created. And then, you know, I look at this as someone who thinks that's a good show, but I also look at this as someone who's in the industry and I see that, wow, I didn't realize you could create the detail around this or like, what a cool idea that gives me inspiration to then go out and pitch this to another customer and say, not misrepresent that we did this job ourselves, but look at it. Here's an example of something you could do with your brand from a customized USB perspective. So that's a fairly pedestrian example, but if you just look around for inspiration, there's so many cool little sales and marketing tips you can come up with here. So it's, it's addictive. Good, yeah, I have a good sort of something to share here that, that was shared by a guy by the name of David Burney who was very instrumental in building and developing the brand called Red Hat. I know you both are familiar with and a client of ours, and he left Red Hat a couple years ago to start his own company called New Kind. And I sat with him a little while ago, and he, he just sort of mapped this thing out on a, on a napkin, and it really stuck with me. I have the napkin here. It says, a company will start out with its goals, and from its goals, you'll be able to develop culture around that. You'll find the right people that will connect to the goals and the clients. And from that culture, you will be able to start to develop customer experience which will point to building a community. And the community is what, and this is where the Reddit metaphor is, so to speak, the community is what creates the innovation. It's not often the company, it's the community that's creating innovation, which then is what really becomes your brand. And then the most important thing for those of us who own and run businesses uh, is that the brand ultimately is what your valuation is. And, and it really it strikes me as very, very parallel with what Reddit's doing, making and breaking brands, and but by community sharing information, which is incredibly powerful. It's all Web 2.0 and all, but it's exciting to think that, and scary to think that the community can actually have a serious tie-in to your valuation. I mean, look at what happens with U.S. Airways recently and Twitter. You know, what happened to their stock then? I'm sure it plummeted based on the community response. I think that's a great point, Danny. And one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Eric, is this idea of translating some of what you've learned in building an online community at Reddit and also tapping into your experience and having worked at Brand Fuel. 
What advice would you have for people in the B2B hard goods promotional products business when it comes to creating a community for themselves, you know, creating a community amongst their clients? Because the way that we often do this in sort of the, the B2B sales world is different than how you guys do it on the internet. But I think that there's a lot of parallels and I'm curious as to what advice you would give to someone in our space that's looking to really connect deeply with their customers, whether it's online or offline. Sure. So, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing I've, we've all learned at Reddit very quickly and, and often is that we're not that smart. You know, that, that we are, you know, never going to be as innovative or as clever or as smart as our our users, our audience, our customers. And, you know, any innovations that have come out of, of Reddit have been because we kind of put something very, very simple, very minimal out there in, in the world, and our community started trying to do things with it that it wasn't designed necessarily to do. Right. And we were, you know, lucky enough and, and maybe smart enough to, to realize that and then try to innovate based on how our community and how people wanted to sort of organically use the products we were putting out there. So, I mean, I, I think that's relevant to, you know, B2B or, or to any space. I mean, just look at what are your customers wanting to do that they can't do right now? What are they going out of their way to sort of try to hack or to try to create? Where are they, you know, I, mean, I guess the, the term is sort of paving the cow paths, right? You don't build the roads and streets and paths based on, you know, some, some grand plan. You kind of watch where, where people are walking or cows, I guess, in this metaphor, are walking. And then, and then you go in and sort of try to pave that and make that easier. So, I mean, that's something we, we always do. And, and when we don't, we, you know, we, we get into trouble and, and, and wind up having problems. But um, I think your audience, your, your customers are always you know, collectively going to be smarter than you. Yeah, you know, I think it's a great point, and I think it's amazing how much we, not only in this industry, but I think just general traditional industries don't really heed that advice as, as much as they should. I think that a lot of marketing campaigns, whether they're executed by companies like ours or, you know, by big ad agencies, are still very command and control, where it's, you know, here's the message, here's what we, we want you, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, to to think and go and buy based on this ad message. And that's been going on for a long time. And I, I think it's it's interesting to listen to what you just said because, you know, I think about some of the promotional campaigns that we've done that have been a little bit more like a customer wants USB drives. We do USB drives. They hand them out to their customers. It's a very linear, almost transactional process and not terribly exciting. And where we've had a little bit more fun, and Danny, I know you've done this a ton of brand fuel as well, is when the campaign is a lot more collaborative between you and the customer and then even possibly with their end user where you're getting feedback and really digging into what it is that they want and get excited about and then design something around around what the customer actually wants. So that's at least my takeaway when I try to apply what you just said, Eric, to, to our world. And I think it's really exciting to see how promotional products, or at least the campaigns that are done really, really well, end up on platforms like Reddit or Facebook or Twitter, and then they start to take on a life of their own where people get excited and go, this is amazing, I want that, and it builds demand, and I, I really feel that that's the future of this industry. So excited to get your perspective on that, so thank you. Hey, let's talk about a promo product. Eric, tell us about one of your first promo products that we did for you. There's a bumper sticker, right? Um, yeah, I uh, forget how, how it came about, but I mean, I uh, had this, uh, or th there was this idea for a bumper sticker that said, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> and, you know, wouldn't it be funny if, if, you know, you saw a car on the freeway and the person had that? And so, yeah, so I think I, I 
bought 250 of them and just gave them out to, to friends and, uh, you know, I had it on my car and, you know, people would stop me at a stoplight or a gas station. I forget I had the bumper sticker and they'd be like, oh, I love your bumper sticker. And so I just hand them, I had a bunch of my glove compartments, hand them out to people. And, uh, yeah, it was really fun. And, and I think, you know, especially when you're stuck in traffic or, or looking for a parking space, uh, you know, a little, a little fun bumper sticker like that is, is always nice. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I, you, you stuck one on my truck. I have this, I'm not wearing any pants bumper sticker on a, a truck, and, and I, I have been known to drive a little faster than the speed limit. And I was with my girlfriend at the time. A police officer pulled me over, and, and he walked up as slowly as you could possibly walk up to a car, <laughs> being a, a man with, with multiple guns and weaponry. And he walked up, and he banged on the window, and I rolled it down. He slowly looked in, and I had no idea, just like you at the, at the gas station. I said, yes, sir, and I said, what, what was I doing wrong? He said, man, I'm just so glad that you're actually wearing pants. And, uh, and he let me off with a warning because he thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. So it's being paid for many times over, I'm sure. There you go. What an amazing investment, you know, dollar bumper sticker, <laughs> getting people all across the U.S. off of their speeding tickets. It's, it's incredible ROI, there's no doubt, but maybe we can parlay that into something. Talk about how Reddit is using swag now. I think you guys had a store at one point. I, I didn't look that up, but how are you guys using it? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, first of all, our co-founder, Alexis Ohanian, will, will uh, you know, always talk about how uh, Reddit never spent anything on marketing except for $500 stickers. And we still, you know, in my office right now, I have a big shelf full of T-shirts and stickers that we, uh, you know, try to send out and, and hand out pretty liberally. So, um, you know, uh, we're, we're big proponents of stickers and, and stuff. But what we're working on now, again, was something that, that was created by the community just for fun. A, a husband and wife were posting on, on Reddit around Christmas, and they had this idea oh, it would be cool to do a secret Santa with like a thousand people. So they created this site, Reddit Gifts, and, and uh, um, one of them was programmer and kind of quickly created this infrastructure where people on Reddit could go and sign up and get matched with someone else on Reddit, the secret Santa. So I think the first year there was something like 4,000 people, which was way more than anyone expected. It went really well. And so that was, I don't know, five, five years ago or something. And so this past Christmas we had over 100,000 people and, you know, like, 99 countries participate in our Secret Santa exchange, which is the you know, Guinness World Record for a sort of gift exchange. And so that developed, and of course people didn't want to wait a whole year to, to participate in one of these gift exchanges, but now there's, you know, every month there's four or five different exchanges. In the past month there was, you know, Aprons and Tim Burton fans, and I can't even remember what else. I mean, it gets, it gets pretty, pretty niche pretty, pretty quick, but, uh, you know, out of that, you know, we started to find a lot of people who were either, you know, small vendors or or actually, you know, people making something, you know, making Zelda-themed earrings or, you know, Ninja Turtle-themed oven mitts or, you know, sort of custom keyboard covers and things like that, and you know, themselves. And so we created sort of a store, almost like a, a Etsy marketplace, but for Reddit users and, and simply for people participating in these exchanges. So that's now Reddit Gifts. It's part of Reddit, but it's sort of a, a separate kind of e-commerce and, and gift exchange operation that you know, we've got about 15 people working on that right now out of uh, our Salt Lake City office. And yeah, it's uh, e-commerce and making things is, is a difficult, a difficult business, but we're having a lot of fun doing it and, and you know, hopefully helping a lot of small vendors and even you know, kind of mom and pop operations make a little money off the side too. It's a really unique approach. I'm just taking a look at the site right now and how most 
either tech companies or really any company in North America that's looking to build a, a merchandise program will do it themselves, right? They'll typically go and work with a company to go and design the merchandise, set up an e-commerce platform, and then they go out and they sell t-shirts for 20 bucks, and then they're fulfilled, and then that profit then goes to the company, whereas it seems like with you guys, so almost like you don't want to have anything to do with that, and you've just now created a platform that says, hey, if you want a Reddit shirt, we Reddit the company is not going to make it, but this guy in Denver has made some cool Reddit shirts, buy them from him. That, to me, seems like probably the best expression of empowering your community to go and sell stuff on your behalf as opposed to you just doing it yourself. Do you see that model changing, or is that your preferred default way of going and, and kind of conducting business as it relates to your brand? Yeah, I mean, hopefully we see that model expanding. I mean, we, you know, very early on we started selling T-shirts and, and posters and kind of, you know, things that were they were easy to ship <laughs> and easy to, to create, you know, we started selling those as a, as a way to sort of expand the brand and also maybe make a little money. But then we started getting all these weird requests and people would say, oh, I want to make Frisbee golf discs with the Reddit Alien on them, or I want to make scotch glasses with the Reddit Alien, or I want to make, you know, welding kits with the Reddit Alien and stuff. And so, you know, it, it became something where we didn't want to say no, but we also didn't want to manage it ourselves. You know, we don't know anything about it. You know, the, the appropriate uh, dimensions and, and all that for frisbee golf fits. So, um, <laughs> you know, we, we came up with a, a marketplace that hopefully can scale and so people can maybe not only create Reddit branded stuff, but they can also create things for the individual communities. So if people want to make, you know, certain, you know, merchandise or even even products for a certain community, then, then hopefully they can do it on our marketplace. Right, that's interesting. Easier, easier than doing it themselves, spinning up a store and, going through all that, so hopefully it, it really allows the communities to sort of create products and, you know, swag and merchandise, you know, for themselves, by themselves. Right, and then from, from a business model perspective, you guys provide the marketplace and the platform, and then you'll take a percentage of the sale. Is that is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, we provide the, the marketplace, and, and I think, you know, we're, we'll start to play around with, you know, some fulfillment options, and and also, you know, we're, we're starting to play around with this idea that, our marketplace is focused around sort of the, the joy that the person opening the package gets, right? Yeah. Um, if you want to go and find, you know, the best whatever USB cable or coffee mug, uh, there are plenty of sites, Amazon and all other kinds of sites that, that are sort of optimized for ratings and, and reviews on, on products. We want our site to be more focused around if I want to get a gift for someone and I want them to be I, I want to, I want that gift selection to be optimized for how excited they're going to be when they open it. So yeah. We're playing around with, you know, how, how can we do that? How can we make the packaging more fun? I mean one of the things that we saw just with some advertisers on our site, there was a I think it was a T shirt company and um, in they noticed when they, they had a comment field in the order form and the traffic coming in from Reddit, people would just ask for weird things to be drawn on the packages from Reddit. So people would say, hey, draw a brontosaurus on, my, on the box uh, in the comment field. And they started to do a lot of these, so they, they did it. And they like, you know, it took them an extra 45 seconds and they had a little more fun, you know, uh, <laughs> picking and packing, but uh, it, it meant a lot to the, to the person receiving it. So yeah, yeah. looking at things like that. So instead of just selecting what gift you want, maybe you can add a little personalized touch to it. Um, yeah. It's going to mean a lot for, for the person receiving it. Two quick things. It's interesting taking a look at Reddit GIFs, and I really see it as being right in that cafe press, threadless, 
Zazzle world where it's marketplaces where you're you're empowering small merchants or artists to go and create stuff that they can sell directly to consumers and that you're acting as the marketplace and you know gatekeeper to some extent. I think that's really interesting and I wonder whether we'll start to see more of that. And then number two is I love what you're talking about with regard to creating that experience around the delivery of the product. And I think that if I jump back into the promotional world, I think there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that could learn from that because we're in an industry that for the most part, a distributor will go and produce a 500 coffee cup order for, let's say, IBM, and it'll order it, and it'll have a, a ratty made-in-China box that will then end up in the buyer's desk, and it look kind of looks like crap, but then they open up the, the, the box, and the, the mug itself looks great, but there's not really anything particularly special around that, and I think there's a huge opportunity that we can learn from you guys and, and certainly the retail and B2C space as to how to inject that emotional experience into how we do business on the B2B side. So that's more of a comment than a question, but I, I think people listening to this can really learn a lot from just taking a look at Reddit Gifts. Look at the gallery. You know, our inspiration is what people are doing sort of organically for each other. So in the Secret Santa exchanges, you'll see you know, that we have a gallery of all the gifts, so you'll see people who go to uh, as extreme lengths as, you know, they'll, they'll get a, uh, like a stuffed animal shark, and they'll cut it open, and they'll put the actual gifts inside the shark, and then sew it back up, and send instructions, or they'll, you know, they'll order the gifts in a certain sequence in the packaging, and, or they'll wrap them with different things that mean something. Uh, a year ago, there was a trend where you, you would hollow out a Twilight book, you know, and put the put the actual gifts in inside some other Twilight book. So the person opens the package is like, oh crap, I got a Twilight book that I don't want. But then they would open it up and inside. Um, so that's kind of what our inspiration is. Uh, you know, if we can make that scale and, and, and make money is a whole different question. But uh, I think you know, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of really amazing things people do they, when they're sending gifts to strangers. Uh, they, they take a lot of time into not only picking out the gift but also how it's presented and how it's packaged. A good point for any supplier listening. I think some do it fairly well. Most are trying to figure out how to do it. So when a distributor like Wright's Lever Brandfuel sends in an order, if there was an opportunity to say, would you like A, B, or C, you know, how would you like to customize this and personalize this in some way that would create that experience that you're talking about, Eric? Hopefully someone listening is inspired to do something like that because I think Salespeople in our industry crave ways to make it more personal, but it's it, like you said, it's hard to scale. What do they charge? Is it worth it? But I think that the return on experience is there, and I think that some clients understand that. Most don't, and that conversation we might have with them would be validated by a supplier who can make some money providing that little dose of special, so to yeah. speak. Danny, you, you and I interviewed Jason at Oregadio and Eric, this, this is a supplier in our industry that makes power banks and speakers and they've got a kind of a retail feel to them. They were actually just in our office doing a presentation to our sales team. And it's interesting how almost a third of the time these guys spent pitching our sales team was spent focusing on packaging. <laughs> and yeah. we were really excited about it because, of course, as you say, Danny, it's a it's a way to differentiate. It's a way to make it look cool as opposed to it just coming in some crappy made-in-China white box that that is a little bit underwhelming. 
the other thing that I wanted to say, just getting back to Reddit GIFs, if, imagine, and, and I, if end users are listening to this, imagine if a big Fortune 500 company like an IBM or a Microsoft or Oracle or just any of these big guys that have big merchandise programs, imagine if their company store was like a Reddit gift store where if, if you liked IBM, you could create your own shirt and you could go and sell it to other IBM customers. And you know, I can't imagine that ever happening. But I wonder whether that may happen at some point because it's a very different story than what's being sold to these Fortune 500 companies today. I know people sort of, you know, individually do Cedar Santa exchanges amongst their coworkers and stuff all the time. But imagine if, you know, at, at a big, yeah, Fortune 500 company, you could do that, but you could do it with, you know, 5,000 people that were all in one department across the globe. Yeah. And you got matched up with, with Bill, who works in finance in, in Shreveport, and you know, and, and uh, you know, someone in, in Thailand got matched up with you. That would be a, a really fun way to sort of, you know, just to make a connection in, in a different part of the company. And probably, you know, not everyone, but you probably uh, move a lot of move a lot of stuff out of the out of the company store too. So, if anyone's interested in that, we uh, I mean, there's a way to to, to uh, you know white label our our secret Santa program that we've developed. Yeah, it could be an interesting conversation. <laughs> we'll have your contact information on the podcast for sure. <laughs> Beautiful. Just taking a look at the time, I think we probably got about five or ten minutes left. So I wanted to make sure before we we started winding down, I wanted to shift gears, Eric, and I wanted to ask you a question as a manager. Yeah. I know that Reddit, you manage a group of uh, employees that are primarily younger, Gen Y, millennial-aged workers I'll give you some background. I, I, in our industry, in the promotional products industry, it's an aging industry. The overwhelming majority of managers and owners in this business are not Gen Yers. And I know that there is a struggle in this industry to recruit and train and excite younger workers, particularly if there's a generational gap. What are some of the things that you've learned and some of the things that you might recommend based on managing such a young, internet-connected, and with-it crowd of employees? Sure. I mean, I, I think as far as recruiting and, and, and attracting people, I, I think you know, we're, we're very fortunate in that we have this huge website where we're, where you know, a lot of people are, are familiar with our brand. But I think people, especially especially the younger generation, you know, they, they want to have an impact. They don't want to work in a big place where you know, they have no idea what they've accomplished after a few months or, or a year. So I, I think you know, that's why you, you see so many young people looking to get into entrepreneurship or into startups and, and smaller companies. So, you know, I think there's certainly a way that, that even bigger companies or companies that have been around for a while can, can let people have a real impact. Um, but I think that's that's really key when you're looking at a younger workforce. And, and also, you know, I think the idea of a, of a career path with, you know, with a younger generation is a lot more fluid and, and flexible and and so, and, and, and in general, I think the, you know, the, the sort of millennial generation is just more curious about a greater variety of things. You know, it's a generation that's grown up with basically access to any question they, they had, they have had access to the answers on their phone or on their computer. So they tend to be more curious about all different parts of the business. And so, you know, I think that's something you need to really embrace and use that instead of fight against it. Yeah. I'll sneak in one more question, then Danny will give you the last question before we move it over to Eric for the last word. A lot of lasts there. Eric, in, in the introduction, which I grabbed from your bio, you mentioned uh, being addicted to the internet. 
which is not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, you talked about internet addiction. One of the things that we talk a lot about in this industry is this idea of like face-to-face -face sales versus internet sales. And things are clearly moving towards virtual internet-based communication and sales and marketing tactics. From your perspective as a guy who has described himself as addicted to the internet, is there room for face-to-face -face interaction in a sales environment and a sales marketing environment today, do you think, or is all the action online? No, absolutely. I think face-to-face -face meetings are, are almost, uh, or face-to-face -face, you know, selling and marketing is almost more important, at least for us. I mean, I, I think, you know, in our business, which is primarily about advertising, I mean, there's certainly, you know, sort of programmatic and algorithmically driven online advertising, but... Our customers, we we want, and our sort of best performing campaigns, you know, in, in general, come from either either a face-to-face -face meeting where we really understand what the what the person is looking for and get to know a little bit about them and their business, or from you know the, the equivalent online. So so I think you know what we we really try to um, when we're selling you know sort of our, our advertising products. We really try to promote the fact that, like, look, we target by communities, not by, you know, some demographics or some algorithm. You can look and see, like, I'm selling a product for people that love surfing. I can go to the surfing subreddit. I can see, you know, I can really see it's a real community, and they're talking about this on Wednesday, and they're talking about this on Thursday, and it's not just driven by numbers. So I think even some of our online interactions, it's sort of important to put that face on what you're selling. So, mm. you know, even, even looking at the Reddit community, I mean, there's, and this is not something we expected, you know, years back. But there's offline meetups in every big city happening almost every day. So, mm. you know, in New York or L.A. or London, you're talking about people meeting up offline to go, you know, see a movie or go rock climbing or get a beer or whatever, meeting up uh, all the time. And so I, I think, you know, people's desire to, to meet up face-to-face -face and, you know, really get to know each other has, hasn't diminished at all. And, and it's, you know, it's certainly a way to differentiate yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Danny? Yeah, so I think maybe for the last question, let's let's just give some marketing advice to folks in our industry. You know about our industry well enough, and, and you've seen lots of market shifts on the Internet, and you're a big part of that. And maybe you can give some advice, marketing advice, for folks in the promotional products industry. And leverage your experience, if, if you can, back in 1999 when we worked together. See what you got. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the biggest thing is, is just to not be... And you know, not be afraid to, to sort of be candid and be and be honest with you know, yourselves and your employees and also the, the markets you're you're trying to serve and be you know really open about the things you do really well and the things that aren't your strength. And I think you know another big thing is just just and then something I definitely learned you know working at, at Brandfield and being around Danny is that you've got to have fun and that if you know you have fun doing something and, and focus on something you enjoy, well you know it's sort of its own reward. But also you know to be completely cynical about it, you're going to work harder or you're going to be more involved and more, you know, sort of dedicated to the outcome if it's something you enjoy doing. You know, and I think that that's true for, for marketing. You know, if you have fun, uh, if a campaign is fun for you and fun for the people working at, at your company, you know, somehow, some way, that just comes through and it's a way to cut through all the clutter. Especially these days, you, you know, you can tell the campaigns and the marketing initiatives and the brands out there that, I don't know, you can just tell the ones that, that are enjoying it and, and, you know, happy to be working at a, at a certain company, and you can tell the ones where it's all, it's all you know, BS and sort of calculated. I think that's the sort of younger audience and the online audience, you know, is able to, it has a pretty good bullshit detector, and they're able to see through sort of hollow marketing more and more. Love it. Great advice, great advice. Um, Eric, you know, we always like to give the last word to our guests. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners about? 
Yeah, I mean, I'd just like to, to sort of, you know, advocate for, you know, opening up, opening up your process to the outside world. You know, we have communities on, on Reddit where entrepreneurs, you know, small business owners really, you know, talk about their challenges and what they're going through and the, the critical decisions they're having to make. And I think the more, you know, we as small businesses can, can talk about that, you know, I, I think that, that that's good for everyone. And, and I, I guarantee you that especially the younger generation is interested in that process. They want to see behind the curtain. So, you know, it's a little scary to open that curtain, but, uh, you know, it's, it's hugely rewarding. Yeah. Amazing advice. Thank you so much, Eric. This has been so fun. I can't believe that we've whipped past an hour. Uh, it felt like it was five minutes. So thank you so much for all your time. And we're really excited to get this up online and hear what members of the Promo Kitchen community have to say. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, come back anytime.